Welcome to Roof to Curb, presented by Custom One Homes and Pull Tab Sports. I'm your host, Todd Plifka, Custom One Homes Principal and CEO. Our goal is to inspire, educate, connect, and simplify the home landscape and design experience. Guest today, Dave Weber, founder and principal of Dave Charles Designs, and Lisa Robbins, founder and owner, co-owner of Brick and Linen. So welcome, guys. Thanks for coming in. Thanks, Thanks for, for having, having us. us. So um, we'll, we'll talk a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about e uh, each other and your businesses as far as what you do and what you bring to the table and the spaces that you operate in. So women first, wow. Lisa. So if you want right. to give us a little a spiel on what is Brick and Linen? Yeah, well, Brick and Linen is relatively new. We are about, well, we're into our third year of business. Uh, we rebranded. I was a solo interior designer for Oh, I don't know, a while, <laughs> but we rebranded in uh, 2020, um, right on the um, edge of COVID there. Um, and it is something that I've wanted to do for a long time is to kind of expand our brand and to be not only full service interior design, um, but my husband is an architectural designer. And so he joined the business. And then also longtime goal of mine was to have a shop. And so now we are two shops and two studios and hoping to grow from there. What is in said shop? Ah, and why is that in Stillwater? What, yes. what, what would I find there if I walk in there? Uh, so, so what we say is that our shops are a postcard to what we do and to our aesthetic. And so uh, we have home decor. We have um, lifestyle things. I mean, down to jewelry, anything to kind of... Um, draw you in and just, you know, you kind of get the feel of what Brick and Lynn is, a, is about. And, and that is kind of just creating a warm, cozy, friendly aesthetic. I mean, we're kind of layered in modern and um, traditional details. And so this is kind of a fun um, way to inspire our clients and to hopefully clients that uh, we don't know we even have. They just come into our shop and then they discover who we are and perhaps maybe want to work with us. Yeah, it's excellent. So uh, located off of Main Street in downtown Stillwater. Yes. And located off of Wyzetta oh. Boulevard. Uh, Lake Street. Lake Wyzetta. Street in Wyzetta. Yep, exactly. Uh, right off the frontage. Good good lake view. Great I'd locations. Probably best retail real estate <laughs> locations in all of Minnesota. Both of them, Stillwater and Wyzetta. Fantastic yeah. locations. So well, thank you. you. You've got a talent for picking out the right spot, uh, for sure. Well, I roamed a lot of quarters in Minneapolis, let me tell you, when I tried to find the first one and, um, you know, kind of stuck my finger up in the air looking for like, okay, is this it? Is it? And then uh, it's really funny because a lot of, I get the question on why Stillwater mm -hmm. a lot. And sure. um, I'm drawn to the community because uh, I've planted my roots on the east side mm -hmm. and I've always loved a great downtown. Um, so like good restaurants, know, good shopping, yeah. good restaurants, yeah. good shopping good stuff vibe. to do on the weekend. Um, so I just thought, you know, how cool is it to have something really fun to stumble upon? That it's not a drive to right. destination. So people can just kind of roam by and see who we are. Yeah, both Stillwater and Wyzetta. You yeah. walk through either one of those communities on a weekend and the sidewalks are packed yeah. and people yeah. are just looking for fun things to that. drop into. So I, I think your location choice is absolutely superb. Well, thank you. Yeah, I've, I've been that. in both locations. Um, warm, inviting. Our clients have enjoyed it at Custom One Homes and Custom One Renovation. So, uh, Lisa and Joseph, you guys are doing a great job, and appreciate that. We wish you the best in uh, mm. keeping those those uh, yeah. boutiques open. Right? <laughs> so, let's switch gears, David. Absolutely. What uh, you're the founder and principal of Dave Charles Designs. You've drawn and created a lot of homes in the Twin Cities market. Not only in the Twin Cities market, but outside of it as well. So, yeah. let's uh, let's hear a little bit about DCD and. And what you guys got cooking over there? Yeah, yeah. So we've uh, we've been in business a little over ten years now. So started just coming out of the backside of the recession, the Great Recession, and uh, hoping we're not on our way into the next one. The <laughs> talk is that we are, but mm -hmm. still seems like things are quite healthy out there, which is which is great to see. Mm -hmm. um, 
But we started that back in uh, in 2012, actually, was the year that, that we began. Um, I had worked in the industry for a custom home builder um, starting way back in 1998. Um, so I kind of cut my teeth in the industry, um, working for a builder, mm-hmm. kind of getting to know the business and, and understanding what makes everything mm-hmm. tick. Um, took a break from the industry for a while during the recession, as we all did and came back strong when I saw a little peak of light coming through that uh, this market was on its way back and it's been a, a unbelievable ride ever since. So we we really started here in the Twin Cities working with uh, custom builders, both west side and east side of town. Um, and in the last few years, we've really branched out and now we're doing quite a bit of work out of, uh, out of this market. Um, so we've got projects going anywhere from uh, Dallas in the south to um, on the east coast, we're doing stuff out in Virginia and Maryland. Um, we're working quite a bit in Michigan, down to Missouri, and as far west as Montana. So mm-hmm. um, it's fun because every market's got a little bit different um, beat to it and mm-hmm. different styles. So we have a lot of fun with that because you know you, you can get a little bit stuck in a path if you're just working in one market all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's fun to you know experiment with new ideas, new uh, designs, and mm-hmm. we get an opportunity to do that the more we uh, branch out. Yeah. So, so you've got you've got architectural design. So you're taking uh, somebody's desire, needs, wants, and wishes, as we'd say at Custom One Homes, of course. Yeah. Um, it starts on a blank piece of paper. Yeah. And then you guys take it from there. Right, right. So, you know, working with a builder like you taught at Custom One Homes, um, usually there's some conversations that were uh, had prior to us becoming involved. So the builder is, has met with the client, has talked about maybe some different ideas, maybe identified a location, which I think is always important. And that really provides that initial spark for the project of, Hey, well, this is a unique home site. It's got uh, interesting topography. It's got great view lines. So sitting down with the client, trying to figure out what it is exactly that that home site can give us for a direction on the project. Um, people may come to the, that meeting and, and think they don't have any ideas put together. But <laughs> when you start adding, you know, mm-hmm. you know, asking some of those leading questions, everybody's got um kind of an idea what they'd like to have. And it's really our job as designers to pull that information out of them, ask them the right questions so that um, they can really feel like they're part of the process. Um, I love to do a lot of hand sketching early on in the process. And as we're asking those questions, I'm sketching things out and all of a sudden they start to see their house come alive. Mm-hmm. And when they see that, then then their ideas really start sparking. And we, we always say we like to hear what you don't like just as much as what you do like. Right. And sure. if we can yes. get that um, you know instant feedback through that sketching design charrette process, that way we're not wasting a whole bunch of time going down a mm-hmm. path that's incorrect. They're helping us through that process and they get very, very excited. You know, when they they start to see their ideas coming to life right on the front end, um, we get excited about the project and we can maybe push them in one direction if there's um, something that we're seeing as an opportunity um, rather than just sitting down with a, a list of items that we need to add to the house, showing them, hey, if we did it a little bit differently than what maybe what you're thinking, see what opportunity this provides us, and they get excited about it. So really, really fun process. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to go down some questions, and uh, Lisa and Dave chime in as you, as you see fit. But, um, you know, what, what inspires you guys? So you guys are definitely motivated by design. You're motivated by things that you've seen and done. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe even things that haven't been done, right? Wow. So trying to push the limits, challenge challenge some things, whether it be from your design or for the client. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Lisa, you want to start oh, with uh, sure. you know, what, what inspires you? How, how do you get to where you're at? Oh, gosh, yeah. So, you know, while Dave was talking, I was thinking about his process and then how that um, kind of flows right into our process because I get inspired by seeing Uh, Dave's drawings or architectural drawings. So when a client comes to me, they've always, they've already been through the the design process with your team. And then they're excited to layer in what this is really going to look like. Um, And so architecture inspires me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I want to exploit like the 
the big things in the plan that are like, hey, this is a really awesome detail, this fireplace wall or uh, the entry of the home or this bar. It, there's so many individual details of a house that you can just kind of zone in on and then talk to the client. What do, what do you want to see here? What kind of materials do you mm -hmm. like? Uh, I also ask a lot of questions. Um, a lot of my first meeting is just talking about the likes and the dislikes. Uh, I think a lot of designers kind of, they, they might kind of cruise by that because we, as designers, we have so many of our ideas that flow right away. Right. We're like, I can see this yeah. and I can do this. And then we just sort of hit the, hit the ground running. Uh, but I've always taught, um, the designers that work with me, I'm like, you have to get in there and start programming. You ha you got to get in there For first sure. and get into their mind yeah. and yep. take all of those notes and learn from them and put that all into this sort of pot that we're going to access later. Because mm -hmm. when you go, to, go through the selection process, then you can say, I picked this to show you because you told me you liked this. Right. And then you keep on drawing that out of them as you go. And give them the reasons why you, you're making these decisions or helping them make the decisions based on their likes and the things that they were looking for, especially in that first meeting. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. a good example of that, Lisa, uh, we're working with a client in Woodbury right now. Dave, you drew the house and created this. It's actually going to be the artisan tour home for 2024 for custom one homes. Right. Um, great client, great house, Rambler. It's going to be beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Dave, you created the vision. And then Lisa, you came in and like the touches that are going into that home, uh, back to the fireplace and staircases and just little nooks and crannies of the house that have made it really personal. Um, we're extremely excited to build that house. And I am we, excited and we get to too. Dig it, uh, in June still. So I know. we're excited. So Dave, let's yeah. talk about uh, inspirations. Where What inspires DCD in yeah. the last 12 years? How have you got there? All right. I, there's a variety of different things that can spark inspiration on any given project. You know, you can have somebody walk in the door and have a plumbing fixture that they really love and they don't know why they love it, but <laughs> they like show the and they're commercial. like, this is kind of our <laughs> style. And again, our job to say, all right, that's a really cool plumbing fixture. Here's what I'm seeing in that plumbing fixture. It's got yeah. a transitional style. It's got clean lines. So are we thinking kind of a modern edge? Yeah, yeah, that's that's what we are. And a lot of times people have a hard time articulating what it is that they're trying to create. Um, but if they can show, you know, a picture's worth a, a thousand words. Mm -hmm. So if they, they have anything that they can bring to the table early on in the process to provide inspiration, it can go a long ways because it can be the simplest item that becomes the whole impetus for the the, the project. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's really fun. I, I always like to root anything that we design in um, historical architecture, mm -hmm. um, doing things correctly. There's literally everything's been done already out there in architecture. Now mm -hmm. it's taking the creativity of what's been done in the past and putting a new angle or a new slant on it. Mm -hmm. uh, but the roots of architecture are, are still all about balance and massing and making sure that the house just feels right. And you may look at it and not know why it feels right, but it really goes back to, uh, you know, a house doesn't need to be symmetrical to be a nice design, but it might be. But if it's not symmetrical, is it balanced? Does it feel right? Do the windows play together with the other uh, um, items on the house? And details that, yeah. Mm -hmm. that yep. So just into that making sure process. that you're you're really doing a, a, a thoughtful job of pulling all of those details together and making sure that everything just really makes sense and that you're not doing anything that um, five years down the road, it, it's really trendy today, but it's going to be something they kick themselves for later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everything in architecture has trends and, and will come in and out of style, but if it's rooted in good architectural design, it'll feel good and it'll be yeah. timeless. Absolutely. So Dave, I think, uh, I think you're reading my mind because the next question I have for you too is, is trend or good design, right? <laughs> yeah. So, um, yes. I was, I was out in one of the builder shows in the years past, you know, I don't know if it was in Vegas or Orlando where it was, but, yeah. um, sat through a conversation with a couple designers of like, nope, that's trend. Trend trend fades. Mm -hmm. It goes away, right? Yep. But good design is timeless. So back to your story of, you know, good design has been going on for hundreds of years. Right. Right. And right. In architecture that we see over maybe in Europe and Spain and all these different fun areas. Right. Um, so Lisa, let's, let's talk about what do you think is trend today 
-hmm. versus what do you think is good design that is timeless? Man. Okay. So these are amazing questions. I just got to <laughs> tell you, because trend for me is something that I, I struggle with even as a designer. Cause when a client comes to me and they say, I don't want it to be trendy. I'm like, but you want it to be current. Yeah. 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 But I really don't want something that's going to go out of trend. I'm like, okay. So, and then I even had a client that say, Oh, I just don't want a white kitchen. Cause that's totally trendy. And I said, actually, <laughs> you know what? A white kitchen is the only thing that I have been doing consecutively for 25 years. Mm -hmm. Right. Timeless. And so, exactly. So what one person might think is trend, trendy is actually another person's timeless. So it's all sure. in the eye of the beholder. So mm -hmm. I try to just dispel when I do design what is trendy and go with what the client loves. Because we all know wood wood trends in and out, um, light woods, Colors of dark species woods, of, yeah. species of woods, all the same. And right now we're going through a resurgence of wood and it's now acceptable to do red oak and mm -hmm. you know, these things are coming back again yeah. and it's just like, oh my gosh, I couldn't have sold white oak to, to anybody in the, in the early nineties or, you know, whatever. So it's just, um, doing what you love and making sure that it is, um, maybe a mix of some trend or things that could maybe trend, uh, things that are easily replaceable. So light fixtures mm -hmm. will definitely trend in and out. The and jewelry of the home. The jewelry of the home. Yeah. I mean, things that, I mean, stay with, uh, we call it the built finishes or the, the finishes that go into the building of your home. Make sure that those are not as trendy. And if they are, if you want to do a pattern tile and you want to commit to it, then you're committing to it. And, mm -hmm. and usually the client is like, nope, I love it. I want it. And then you're like, okay, let's go for it. Yeah, let's do this color of cabinet. Let's have some fun. Let's, you know, and it's all about a client's willingness to, to risk. Sure. Um, Don't you guys yeah. feel like if you use high quality materials and high quality cabinetry, hardware, all of those things mm -hmm. tend to hold their timelessness longer because you right. can just look at it and say you know what that was done well that isn't something i'm just going to tear out yeah um interestingly i've seen uh, lately that the trend is as long as your house is spot on to the decade that it was built in that's the new trend so like if you can buy a house from the 1960s as long as all of the furnishings in the home, all of the carpet, the colors, sure. the appliances, everything play well to the decade that it was built in. Yeah. That's the trend today, which I think is really, really interesting. It's almost like that's the vehicle fun. conversation, right? Yeah. If you buy the 67 yeah. Camaro, right. And you make it 67 yeah. Camaro, it's good. It's if you try You're to make homage that, to that era. Yeah. If you right. try to make a 67 yeah. Camaro, a 2004 Trans Am, it's yeah. not the same, right? Exactly. Right. So, yep. so Dave, maybe that's same down, down the same path, right? Some you, you've seen some trends, you see some good design, you got some timeless, timeless things. And, um, you know, maybe the monochrome decades that passed us of the, the eighties that were Oak and the nineties that were, you know, clear maple and, and mm -hmm. those kind of things. Mm -hmm. To me, those are trend. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, now you see good design that is mixing and matching mm -hmm. woods yeah, and paints and metals even metals and, and mm -hmm. some other, you know, organic mm -hmm. products. But um, yeah, talk a little bit more about trend and versus good design of, of what you're seeing today where you're like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. So <laughs> there's obviously there's the conversation that goes to the materials that go into the design. And then there's some design trends as far as what's happening in architecture and in the layouts of the house. Um, so I would say one thing that we've seen a lot of, and it probably started maybe four or five years ago, um, is just this whole idea of, you know what, we're not going to entertain in Minnesota, obviously a climate where we've got lower levels. And back around the late 90s, early 2000s, everybody put these huge bars in their lower level and mm. put a ton of money into them. And the whole idea was we're going to have a party down there. Friends are going to come over. We're going to hang out in the basement. I think what people realized was it's hard to get a party to move down to the lower right. level. Yeah. And those were walk behind yes. bars, not walk up bars, Correct. not serving areas, but they're full fledged yeah. walk behind bars hosting how many people? Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. And, and now <laughs> people have realized that, you know what? People come in the front door, they immediately head to the kitchen and everybody parks there. And it's kind of mm -hmm. always been that way. Right. So what can we do on that main level to 
really aid in that whole entertaining a large group. Mm -hmm. So we're seeing bars now that used to be in the lower level move to the main level. Mm -hmm. We're actually seeing a ton of slab on grade coming back. You know, people yeah. completely eliminating Absolutely. that lower level. Um, you know, it used to be in Minnesota, you had to have a walkout basement. You couldn't hardly sell a lot that wasn't mm -hmm. a walkout basement. Now we're actually getting more demand for, mm -hmm. for flatter lots where people can come right from the main level out to an outdoor entertaining area, big patio space, mm -hmm. big outdoor kitchens, outdoor fireplaces, Pool. fire pits, pools, yeah. and then having those inside amenities like a bar. How does that relate to those outdoor spaces that are happening? And I would say that's the single biggest trend that I've seen in the last few years. I, I, I think that's a dead on point, David. I, I think the Twin Cities market in general was slow to uh, accept, mm -hmm. right? And then now you've got more people that have more second homes. Maybe it's in Scottsdale, Naples, and those kind of lifestyles. Right. Mm -hmm. They're slab on grade product. Right. 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 So you might see a sprawling three, mm -hmm. four, five, six thousand square foot home in those areas. Now people in the Twin Cities are like, that works for me pretty good, right? Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Um. You know, do you think that's part of kitchens having two islands? Could mm -hmm. be. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's I mean, another, that's, another design yeah, it is. that's going yeah. on more. Like you, you really didn't see two yeah. islands in the past. Yeah. And that's all because, you know, you have one that everybody's congregating around and then you can actually cook and prep at another one. Right. Because right. <laughs> we're like, hey, we need to solve this issue. Everybody's around my island. Yeah. You know, two get over there. And then pantry, you think that, right? yeah, you think that they're going to go over to a kitchen table when they don't. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's an... It's awesome to have two islands. Yeah. So Lisa, Dave, what's hot, what's not? That's hot, what's, what's not? What's hot, what's not, right? So so maybe two things that are going on in 2023 of what's hot. What do, what do I got to have if I'm hot. if I'm going down hot. and I'm considering building or remodeling today? I'll well, put a sub-question in there. <laughs> this yeah. is for both of you. Yeah. Okay, coming out of COVID. Yeah. Coming into COVID, home offices were gone. We don't see them anymore yep. at all, right? Going into COVID. Now, all of a sudden, everybody wants a home office again. Is yeah. that going to stick around? What do you guys think? Oh, that's a good one. I, I see a lot of home office yeah. and a lot of, um, yeah. you know, people wanting more um, amenities in their home office mm -hmm. so that they don't even have to leave the home office. They can kind of barricade themselves off to the point where it's all sustainable, where there's a, a you know, a refrigerator, a microwave, a bathroom connected right. to the home office so that whoever's in there can seriously like be part of the family, but not have to go out to the kitchen. Yep. <laughs> sure. It's the Don, Don Draper Madman office yes. with the uh, couch that you can take an afternoon siesta. <laughs> yeah, I, I think to your point, though, Dave, COVID is definitely, it, it changed, right? Yeah. It, it changed workforce. It changed commute. It changed lifestyle. Mm -hmm. um, and during that time, I, I believe that we saw a lot more of niche living spaces coming back in the home. Right. right? You mm -hmm. definitely saw people um, cohabitating work in and lifestyle out of their home, yep. whether it be one or two two adults, uh, and you had education now being performed in the home, right? Which right. which had, point. Had, had grown, right? So a mm -hmm. lot of these different changes. Not only that, but then you saw sport courts, workout mm -hmm. facilities, uh, pools, outdoor living spaces in Minnesota really progressed from from that right. time, you know, twenty twenty four or twenty nineteen or whatever it was. Um, so I, I I do think that. That trend is there. People still want to entertain. They want to entertain on on the same level. You know, you don't want to have like, all right, the guys got to go downstairs yeah. to the bar, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. The women stay up here. So like th those days are gone and you see much more cohabitating, if you will, in larger spaces that have flexibility of six people to 20 people, whatever it might mm -hmm. be. But um, it, it's really interesting to watch how it, how it it goes yeah. and you yeah know, you guys get to see it on the the first side of it of you know yeah. you get to create it and draw it and listen to people's needs and wants right. so and i think the product manufacturers have have helped us get to that point with some of the newer products that are out there things like bifolding doors that mm -hmm. take a screen porch and now opens it up completely to the rest of your main level you're not isolating yourself out in a porch it, now it's just flowing together with the kitchen and the rest of the main level yeah. Um, things like the drop down uh, screens, screens. For drop sure. down screens, drop not, down not vinyls. Like the screen, but what did they add to it? The vinyl, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so it's, it's interesting just the layers those, of it and why they do it. Yeah, yeah. I it, think you can use it seasonality, and yeah. now that that screen porch that you used to use four months out of the year is now a mm -hmm. eleven month right. year. So space. better return on your yeah. investment. Now yep. you've got 
you know, bars, grills, fireplaces, yep. all those yeah, things going absolutely. in. And um, pool houses, yeah. of pool houses. But I think it all goes back to blurring that line between indoors and out. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. that in that transition of space between here's my house, here's my sun porch, here's my screen porch, mm-hmm. here's my patio, lanai, sure. uh, terrace pool, pool right. house. And so it's a more of a cohesive outdoor indoor space yeah we're, we're seeing on the the renovation side we're starting to see or have been seeing uh a lot more in-laws or parents mm. moving back into That's the home yep. and creating spaces so that um you know parents can cohabitate with grandkids mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. be around their kids more all those kind of things whether even for a short period of time during the year or full time but we're definitely seeing those spaces coming back quite yeah. a bit we're seeing dual masters a lot you really? know, main level dual masters, especially in, in larger retreat homes where it's a it's a family compound and mm-hmm. mom sure. and dad might live there. But we've also got uh, others that come up. Um, we'll have a large suite sleeping quarters for bunk room for all the grandkids upstairs. But uh, yeah. mom and dad and uh, grandma and grandpa both have a master yeah. suite on the main level. It's a great value play. Yeah, yeah it really, really is. Yeah. Gives you ultimate flexibility. So we talked about what's hot. Talked a little bit when we talk about what's not. Let's talk about what's missing. So when when we're seeing, Dave, you mentioned products of manufacturers and what's out there and and all the positivity of things that have come through big doors, vinyl screens, uh, cooking appliances have taken off and all these other devices Mm -hmm. that come into Mm -hmm. those kitchen spaces have been Mm -hmm. phenomenal. What do you guys think is missing, though, from the industry and product offerings that could solve some requests you're getting from clients? Gosh, you know, I think that we're still a little bit limited on um, some more durable finishes. Um, We're kind of getting stuck in this LVT, LVP thing where Mm -hmm. it's just like, you know, I'd love to see something else come into play where it's, it doesn't have to be wood, it doesn't have to be as, you know, maybe, maybe it's bringing in more commercial materials into residential for sure. Um, because we're kind of getting stuck. At, I mean, you kind of go back to the same things over and over when it comes to those mm-hmm. LVTs and P's and things. Um, so I think that there's definitely a space in the market to bring more creative materials. And I think it could come from commercial into residential world. Yeah, I, I think Because they're modern and they're clean. And that's a lot of times what more people are looking for. I see that in the exterior as well as mm-hmm. the interior. Cladding. Um, you know. This whole idea of having a natural wood exterior is is really popular, especially in the modern designs, and everybody loves that look. But nobody wants the the continual maintenance, maintenance. that a product like cedar would have on the exterior. Yeah. There's been uh, a slow growth in that area from product manufacturers, but I don't think it's nearly where it needs to be yet. Uh, you know, the, mm-hmm. the next manufacturer that comes up with a product that emulates cedar and, and it does it in a high quality way at an affordable price mm-hmm. is going to have a, a corner on the market. That's probably the number one product that I looked for when I went to the Builders Show this year. And there was a little bit of it out there, but there, there's a long way to go in that regard. Yeah, you're yeah. definitely starting to see more competitors enter that that segment of yeah. the industry for sure. Yeah. I think a lot of people, too, are looking for more in ingenuity in sound absorption absorption yeah. for their home. I get mm. that a lot more. Yeah. Like, how are we going to, you know, drown out the kids' noise or the TVs or the between the floors or, you know, and how not to really increase the cost of your project by all of the, you know, intercal building parts, um, but maybe make acoustics beautiful. Right, right. Um, panels. Which is panels, difficult in these wide open yeah. designs that, yeah. you know, there's no yeah. walls to knock down the sound from from space right. to space. When you have all these hard surfaces, right? It's countertops, floorings, windows, more more glass. Right. right. You know, we're, we're probably 20 years into the open concept design. Mm-hmm. That's where I foresee a change coming in the next couple of years. I think I think rooms are going to become a little bit more compartmentalized. We're already starting to see it a little yeah. bit. I think it's really fun. It, you know, it provides a completely new design direction from an architectural designer yeah. standpoint. Um, you can do a lot of fun things in a in a contained space that is a little bit more challenging in a wide open design. Yes. So I'm kind of excited for that trend, and it'll be interesting to see if it Absolutely. keeps trending in that direction. I agree 100 percent because I really think that there's uh, a trend coming back to renovating historical homes mm-hmm. and the allure of compartmentalized spaces and what that can what that can feel like in terms of cabinetry details, wall details. Um, you know, you're 
in open concept, it is really hard as a designer to insert personality. Right. Because like I said before, you can, you get your moments, you get the fireplace moment, your kitchen, your, you know, but you don't have that fully, you know, that's why we all grab onto a powder bath because there's so sure. much yeah. like that can <laughs> be done with. Yeah. right there. Like you can walk in and just be like, bam, you know, I got the ceiling, the walls, I'm, I'm right here. I got all the, you know. Uh, plumbing and it's just a high impact space. Um, so I think it's really hard to design in open concepts, especially to have a little bit of implied co compartmentalization. And yeah. I know Dave and your plans, you guys are very good at that. How, you know, if it's an open, open area, how you're kind of inserting maybe um, a wine bar that still mm -hmm. keeps it open or, you know, changing a ceiling height. Or, yes. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Ceiling heights, flooring, or transitions into spaces where it's cabinetry. case openings and, you know, just so it's not a straightforward. Yeah. Gives it some separation, right? right? Without having some big wall in the way. Exactly. Um, switching gears to the client, right? So we all work with a lot of clients. We all work with the psychology behind that of trying to give them the best experience, trying to get them to participate in a way that speaks to success for them. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of what we all provide, right? Mm -hmm. Is like we get judged on that. We get measured by that of how we go to perform. So mm -hmm. how does, uh, what's your recommendation if, I, if I'm a client listening and saying, hey, I, I'm close to going down this path. I want to go down this path, but I'm, I'm really trying to figure out how do I participate as a client to to make sure that I get the great experience as well, because it's not just on Dave, it's not just on Lisa, it's just not on Todd, right? Mm -hmm. How they participate is, is extremely important. So yeah. Lisa, what, what do you recommend to the client when they come into Brick and Linen you know, and say, hey, we're, we're going to deliver a great experience for you. This is how we'd like you to, to open up or participate uh, in whatever fashion you, you communicate. What would that be? Yeah, I mean, I think that when I first meet a client and I welcome them into my studio, it becomes a matter of disarming. So we just want them to feel super comfortable around us. We're designers, but they always think that we're a little bit judgy, a little bit like they have to put on an air. Sure, they have to funny, not David. be themselves. And what we're trying to get them to do is really open up and be exactly who they are. For sure. Um, and spend some more time getting to understand their personality. I mean, when they come in, they're ready to design. They're like, let's see materials. Let's do this thing. We mm -hmm. don't have a lot of time here. Let's get going. And I have to like kind of slow them down. And say, let's talk about your family. Let's talk about, you know, who's all going to be living here. Do you have kids? Do you have pets? Do you, are you allergic to materials? I mean, there's a whole lot that needs to go into uh, just starting to get to know them. Mm -hmm. um, and so I say, don't skip the steps. You know, you can't date somebody by going to like, let's get married, you no. know. Sure. And so for me, getting to know a client and being able to design for them comes from getting to know them first. And we all love those repeated clients, the ones that were like, hey, I get to do a second house with you or I actually get to renovate the house that I did before, you know. Mm -hmm. So those relationships are the, when it really gets good because then you're like, OK, I know you. I know what makes you tick, you know, and you can you can tell like their look on their face and what they're feeling and all those kind of things. So, um, you know, I always strive for seeing that as my end result. Like this is not just a one-time client. I want them to come back. I want them to think this is more of a relationship um, than a one-time and to feel comfortable enough with me to say when they don't like something. Cause I think, I think that's a big, a big point right there, Lisa, yeah. where people are maybe intimidated or they're like, I don't know, Lisa's the expert and I, I shouldn't challenge. I shouldn't, you know, yeah. question. Right. Yeah. And the and worst it, thing for me too, is when they say, Oh no, you just do what you decide. I'm like, uh, uh, <laughs> no, you don't get around it that yeah. easy. Yeah. So it's like, no, you, you really need to make a decision here. I'm going to inform you. And, and then, um, if they really want me to push the, the yes or no button, I do. I'm like, you got to do this. And then we and then we go from there. But I really want to give them the chance to respond and yeah. to participate. Yeah, so. I always say that um, the worst feedback you can ever get from a client when you're revealing a new design is, "Yeah, I like it." If they say that, there, there's something <laughs> wrong. If you don't hear the word "I love it," yeah, you're not there wow. yet. You're not there yet. Yeah. So instant. I, I can normally tell in the first few seconds of when I show a design if it if I hit it or if I didn't hit it. 
we always hope to body know, language is a beautiful thing right 100 yeah. percent. so until i hear i love it we're not done with the process so you know in most cases i would say we've got a high batting average of, of hitting it early on in the process but there's always those clients that are a little bit more challenging and if you don't hit it right away yeah. it's it's pulling it out of them what didn't what didn't we hit it on right and trying to find out what it is that makes them tick and it might be something that um, was never discussed, you know, and that I always say that's our fault. We didn't ask enough questions early on in the process to pull that out of them mm -hmm. early. Um, but it is, you know, talking to them, asking them all of those questions, pulling it out of them and then keep designing until mm -hmm. they feel it's, it's something they love because it'll be like pulling teeth the rest of the process if they don't love it. Yeah. And so. I have a favorite line too, um, saying that, you know what? It's finishes, not feelings. Yeah. yeah. So if sure. I put something in front of them and they say, uh, I really don't like it, it, it that doesn't reflect personally upon me because there's people that really feel like if I say, you know what, Elisa, she's going to get like start to cry. <laughs> uh, I'm like, no. How many times have you cried? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Behind closed doors. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah, no, it's interesting. We always tell people like we're not selling jeans, right? Yeah. Like, it, it's, it's a big undertaking it's a big investment mm -hmm. it's a big process yeah we want you to be in a really good spot with it mm -hmm. right so it, mm -hmm. it gains that importance it deserves that importance it deserves that feedback it deserves that interaction um those are all those are all really great points uh, mm -hmm. from both of you how about common mistakes do you see something that goes on with client and, and we're all tweaking processes throughout you yep. know, every month and trying to improve and get better. But do you see common mistakes from a maybe a, a client that kind of goes down a path that it, it's just not working? So what what is that? Mm -hmm. Is there a commonality there amongst that behavior of a client, you think? One thing jumps out to me right away, and it's it's a conversation that we try to have early, early on in the process and something that we really beat on and that's that whole conversation of budget versus mm -hmm. expectations and, and what you're looking for um, i always tell clients the easiest part of our job is designing something that's going to blow your hair back it's very very easy to de design something super mm -hmm. cool and they're going to get really excited about it doing that and hitting their budget is the challenge that we're all trying yeah. to hit and in this market of you know inflation has been ramping up right. probably even faster in our industry than in most industries and taking the the challenges of budget balancing it with their expectations and just knowing that what we're going to do is we're going to give you the most home the best design we can for the budget that you, that you're wishing to spend so being as honest as possible early on in the process on what your real budget is what are you willing to maybe splurge on what things that aren't quite as important to you and trying to pull out all of those those high impact things and making sure those are key elements of the design and letting some of the other things that aren't quite as important fall to the wayside and um mm -hmm. you know the the challenge of our entire industry and i think if you asked anybody in it right now is balancing that budget yeah, yeah without a doubt I, you know people you know david you're in that first conversation all the time with us of all right, what, what's your budget, right? Yeah. And and I think the challenge is a lot of times you're using yesterday's data yeah. to create tomorrow's budget. Mm -hmm. right? That's a good way to put so, it. So that yeah. concept mm -hmm. of it, of when you think of appraisals and you think of houses that are on the market, when was the house built? When was it priced? How long did it take to build? And you're like, I don't know. I, I saw this on, uh, on Zillow, for instance. And it came out to X dollars per square foot. Just build me a house for that square foot. Mm -hmm. But here's my inspiration. Yeah. And the inspiration typically is more than what that budget allows. Mm -hmm. Right. So I, I, I do think. Typically we, is putting it lightly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I do think we all have that challenge and we, and we all desire to do an extremely good job for client mm -hmm. of meeting that expectation. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the expectation and budget has to get. Mm -hmm. you know, spoken to, uh, sometimes more aggressively than others. Yeah. So, um, um, even down those, those lines of budget, you know, Lisa, what, what do you do to help a client stay on budget? Yeah. Good. But I, I think a lot of clients, um, have FOMO fear of missing out. Okay. So when they come and, and they're kind of a kid in the candy store, like they don't want to add this here, they want to add that there, you know, you know, you kind of listen to them and go, okay, what's really important right now. You guys are going to be here for how long, you know? 
uh, forever is you know, like we're for as long. I'm like, okay, so what do we need to get in here right now to make sure that you guys don't have to do this later is usually my, my way of helping um, a client with budget and then helping them sort of see the end result that doesn't have to be built. So as an interior designer, you're walking them through, Hey, you know, you're going to have, you know, a great rug here, you know, in painting the picture bigger than just what they're seeing in black and white on the page. So kind of coloring in between the lines and saying, okay, you're going to have, you know, pulling through a story, you know, and, and helping them see themselves live there and what that full picture looks like. And not everything has to be like, okay, we have to make sure that we have wainscoting here and ceiling details here and, you know, and letting some things be the star of the show and then others just being supporting cast members. Because yeah, I think, put it. yeah, a lot of people look at a ceiling, like, we have to decorate it, we got to add beams, we got to add shiplap, we got to, we got to do, 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 do. But like, let's pick one ceiling, let's do that, really great. Focal mm -hmm. And then, you know, yeah, focal points. And uh, what's the, you know, is the great room ceiling your favorite? Let's do that now. So where are you going to spend your time? What, what motivates you? What yeah. inspires you? What how do you start your day? How do you end your day? All those kind of fun questions. Biggest so, impact. David, how about staying on budget? You guys have, uh, you guys have even tweaked process to help, you know, with the client that and bring awareness to it. Right. So right. Right. Speak to that. Yeah. And I would say technology has really, really helped us out in our industry um, in the last, 15 years or so with the advent of 3D technologies and rendering softwares and being able to show someone that, you know, we're talking about all these ideas and we're putting them down in 2D and we're sketching some ideas out. But what really ends up selling a client in the end is when they get the pretty picture 3D fly around rendering of the outside, they can see that, hey, we took the inspiration that you had given us. We kept it on budget. We um, designed this house to be absolutely beautiful and they can actually see what it's going to look like in the end. And they're not taking the leap of faith that people 20, 25 years ago had to do when someone set a, a set of blueprints down in front of them. And, and, and for a lot of people, it's like reading a foreign language when they look for at sure. it. Mm -hmm. So I think technology has really, really helped it out helped us out in that regard and it's getting better every day you know we can we can show them both exterior and interior exactly mm -hmm. what their house is going to look like and they can see that hey we don't need this entire wall to be marble um, we can put a splash of it here and it looks phenomenal and they don't have to you know stretch to to know what that's going to look like or have a fear that it won't look good because they can look at it and see it in real life what it's going to look like so that's something that we've been doing a lot of and we've kind of been on the forefront of those 3d technologies early on it's really helped our business mm -hmm. and we're just excited to see where that keeps going in this industry because the whole idea of walking your house virtually mm -hmm. to scale or we're, we're on the cusp of that mm -hmm. um so vr experience absolutely yeah. yep. so all of those things are are we've got a lot of them here today and there's even more coming very soon it's interesting to watch multiple manufacturers have visualizers dreamworks mm -hmm. um, vr type exercises where mm -hmm. people can truly see it um compared to that blueprint that blueprint to your point david causes confusion uh, with, with 90 some percent of people, you know, mm -hmm. um, how about best products? What do, what do we see out there that you're like, Hey, you'd be, you'd be foolish not to incorporate this product or products into your, into your home renovation type project. Oh, wow. Um, you know what, kind of going back to non-trendy, I would say that, uh, best products in my world are, you know, making sure that we have enough natural materials versus engineered or manufactured materials, because you can over, you know, over manufacture material our house, but you have to have some of those natural materials too to balance it all out. So while I mentioned LVT and LVP, of course they have their place and they're good. Um, you know, they're good in some areas of your home where you want to keep costs down or have increased durability and those kind of things. So um, I just hope that more manufacturers pop up and more designs pop up in the LVT and LVP world. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, just having those products and having them keep on looking better and better and better is exciting. Um, and being able to stand behind them and go, I like it. Do you like it? Yeah, I you think know? It's, it's kind of funny, Lisa, I was just thinking of... Uh, of eating, right? Yeah. So it's you wouldn't build a house with processed food. 
<laughs> right? <laughs> so it's processed food versus natural product. And, and yeah. when you eat, it's always good to have fresh fresh yeah. fruits or vegetables, right? Right on. Like it's a different dining experience yeah. based on on the food that is yeah. being prepared. So yeah. I, I don't know if that's a good comparable, but that's where my mind went with this. I like it. You, know, yeah. you wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't build, want to build a house with a box of Cheez-Its. Yeah. yeah, right. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, no, we're seeing a resurgence of like um, quartzite, um, and more natural materials and countertops coming back or that balancing quartz, granite, quartzite, marble, uh, you know, it's not, it doesn't all have to be, uh, you know, when, when we look at manufactured materials, we're like, Oh, look at all this ingenuity behind it. It's microbial and it won't scratch and it won't, dent, you know, all the, all the things that we tote about all these manufactured materials. And then all of a sudden we're removing all the character. Yeah, and all the sure. natural yeah. of the house. And so, um, but I obviously, I, what I really, really love though are thin porcelain panels mm-hmm. right now. So going to manufactured material, but having it look a little bit more natural, um, removing grout lines. Where, where are you using those? So the porcelain panels, where, yeah, where do you see fireplaces, those showers, um, cladding, different, you know, architectural details mm-hmm. with them. Um, but yeah, I, I think the majority of it is fireplaces and showers. That's great. David, yeah. best products. Can't miss. Gotta yeah. have it. I always, if you're going to splurge in one spot on a house, I do it on the roof. And, and some people might disagree with that, but you can go with a very, very simple structure on the exterior. If you put a high impact roof on it, you drive by that house and you're like, that is a winner when you look at it. So doing things like a shake roof on a house or a staining seam metal mm-hmm. or a tile roof, um, I, I really am starting to push those products a lot and keep the box, the house itself, the foundation a little simpler, um, save some money there and put it up on the roof. You know, yeah. when you look at the exterior of a house, the roof makes up roughly a third of what you see when you look at the outside of the house and your eye tends to go right to it. And if you put a, a cheap asphalt shingle that doesn't yeah. have a lot of depth to it, um, you just instantly look at it. it, doesn't have the quality, appearance, and feel to it. So that, that's one thing that I would say moving forward, I'm really starting to push more and more is, is a high quality a roofing product. And they've been around forever. It's not a new trend, certainly. Mm, for sure. Uh, but it is something that I think over the last 20, 30 years has really kind of gone by the wayside from budgetary concerns. And I think we can make a resurgence by simplifying the rest of the architecture and going with just high quality materials in general. Yeah. yeah I think cool. it's always interesting, you know, ceilings got ignored for a long time, yep. then ceilings became more impact in that fifth wall piece. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's amazing to watch the technology mm-hmm. that has gone into appliances. Yeah, I really do. And, Definitely. You know, and people have to interact with appliances every day. Mm-hmm. So I, I just yeah. think the, the product offerings and the and plumbing, uh, yeah, and plumbing auto- for sure, automated plumbing for but, sure. I think um, COVID, you know, everybody didn't want to touch a faucet, and now that's transpired. Yeah, now everybody in their house doesn't want to touch a faucet. Mm-hmm. So I think that or, yeah, or, or how about the ability to talk to Alexa to yeah. pour out. Four cups of water, eight mm. ounces each at 110 degrees. Amazing. Like, yeah. What's yeah. going on? <laughs> Another thing that popped in my head while Dave was talking was about roofs. And um, a product that I just heard about um, and something to maybe keep our eyes out for is called a Tesla roof. Mm-hmm. Um, we're working on a design where a client actually brought that to us. And um, integrating solar technology inside the, I mean, this is probably old news to you guys, but not really part of my everyday world, but I thought that was really amazing. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's a cost obviously associated and you have to do the math to figure out how. Right. It's how a, it turns a phenomenal work, but product. It's amazing. I think there's still some wrinkles and challenges to yeah. work out in it, but when it becomes the norm, which I believe it will at some point, it, it looks amazing. Right. It's got an obvious sustainable story behind it it's got payback it's got all yeah. of, checks all the boxes so so it's kind of like large screen tvs that are just going to keep on getting better and cheaper i think so i think it is <laughs> yeah and that's what happens with any new product right. be competitors yep. there'll yeah. be better competitors in that space as well yep. yeah. um we talked a lot about build let's talk a little bit about renovate is that process any different how do you help client navigate through the renovation side versus the mm-hmm. build side similarities differences What's your opinion yeah, on that? Absolutely. Well, so I've been working on renovations as, you know, foundational part of my career. And, um, you know, it, it it's just a puzzle and helping the helping the client figure out how to 
you know, go about the puzzle, what's important, what's not, how we tie into new and old and, you know, all of those things. But um, really creating columns around what we're touching and what we're not and helping people develop boundaries Mm -hmm. Um, because you just get that whole, you know, project just blew up on them and then they they should go creep and we should just blew this thing up and to keep the client constantly in check um is okay reminding them of the goal reminding them that we're not touching these things and keeping them on track the start and stop right the start and the stop yeah but i personally love renovations um I think it's exciting to go into a house that has so much character and we're not removing everything too. Mm-hmm. like it used to be just, you know, rip out everything, tear and replace. And to really look at the, you know, the detail, maybe it's a fireplace, maybe it's, um, you know, some of those cool architectural details that you get back to of like the 1950s, 60s, you know, those, those the really kind of cool houses. And you're like, Hey, let's keep this. I really like this. And I think as a designer, when you reinforce into somebody like, it's okay mm-hmm. if we keep this and you don't have to be on trend. You don't have to be like your neighbors. Your house can have character. Leave this part. And then they feel like, okay, well, if you're accepting it, I think I'm cool with it too. So it's just all, you know, helping coach, yeah, I feel. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. David, would, anything different in your guys' process when someone comes for, you know, a new build versus renovation? How do you handle that? Yeah. Yeah. I used to kind of shy away from renovations and, and really, you know, focused more on new construction. That's been changing in the last couple of years. And I think the single biggest change from our standpoint and why I've been more open to it now is, again, going back to technologies that are available now that weren't previously. I used to hate going in and measuring an as-built house. I mean, you can spend (laughs) as much time measuring an as-built house as it would for me to design a whole brand new house. If you want to do a really, really accurate, good job doing it. Now with the advent of technology, I can walk in there with my LiDAR scanner on my phone. I can scan the whole interior of a house, have a 3D model in 24 hours available to me that I can start my design process. You know, a new construction, it's like we're creating the puzzle. And on a renovation, we're taking somebody else's puzzle and putting it back together again, um, which is a fun, fun challenge. And I love doing them now, now with the advent of, Hey, I've got something that's a hundred percent accurate that has all of the windows measured exactly at the right heights. It's got all of the trim and the details and everything that makes that place special all in a model. I didn't have to do anything from a measurement standpoint. It just makes our process. We can jump right into the creative part of it, which is what we love doing. Um, so I, I'm yeah. all about renovations now and I, I never was in the past. Yeah. Share that tool again. Yes, What's yes. it called? Uh, Canvas is, a, is one Canvas. of them. There's several of them that are out there right now, Okay, but there's a product called Canvas, Canvas. and phenomenal technology, great. super easy to use and um, big supporter of it. Good tip. Yeah. That's great. Let's talk about a couple things that are somewhat appendages or something that complements and finishes out good design. Landscaping. Mm-hmm. So Dave, maybe start off with. When we're building a house, we talked about bringing outdoor in. We talked about all these other spaces. How important do you think it is to have a good landscape design that complements what's going on? Incredibly important. Yeah. If if you don't do a nice job with your landscaping, you can have a beautiful house and it just falls flat. You know, landscaping, um, you know, I talked earlier about balance. Landscaping is part of that entire balance. If you've got a a blank wall in a certain area and you Mm -hmm. put a tall tree that helps um, add some weight and some depth and dimension to an area, um, it can go a long way. And something that plays into landscaping is the lighting that goes along with the Mm -hmm. landscaping. Um, Most of the time when you're entertaining, you're having people come to your house, it's in evenings. So setting the right mood with your landscape lighting, um, all of the landscape materials that you're adding, having the proper up lighting on them so that you can see those um, even when it's dark out, in the winter time of winter, six months mm-hmm. out of the year in this climate. <laughs> so having materials that look good year round mm-hmm. and some evergreen materials. Um, I absolutely love landscaping. I think it's something that people need to carve out a space in their budget so that they don't forget that. Because a lot of times in new construction, that becomes kind of by the wayside. And, you know, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll handle landscaping a couple of years from now. But 
I'd like for people to um, save some, some some money in their budget to do a good job with that. For sure. Lisa, you guys talk landscaping at all? You know what? I have a smaller scale version of what we talk about, but, um, you know, a lot of front door decoration, um, what's happening with planters, flower boxes, architectural details that add like that balance and that scale and things like that. So sometimes when I just add a flower box detail and draw that in, they're like, okay, now I like it because Mm -hmm. that window was a little bit smaller Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, adding shutters or, you know, just little, I don't think that falls under landscaping, but it's just kind of those little final details that help with that balance and that scale. Without a doubt. The old Um, joke in our industry is that, you know, doctors bury their mistakes, architects plant ivy. (laughs) I love it. I love it. (laughs) Too funny. Uh, Hydrangeas and all that stuff. Um, How about technology? We haven't talked, we talked a little bit about that as far as technologies that have come up as far as visualizers and things you can show to get people to be more visual in their space. But how about true technology of, you know, low voltage networking, security, Mm -hmm. audio, video, um, Wi-Fi, all those kind of things. How about that kind of conversation? Or what's the yeah. expectation of the comprehensive? Yeah, piece well, of that? I mean, we rely heavily on our trade partners, right, to fully educate um, clients on you know all their audiovisual needs and things like that. But I think getting clients queued up to have those conversations is more fun in in what we do. So just saying, you know, we'll, we'll get the question of, well, what, what would you do here? What, I mean, okay, like I'll give you enough to get you started and some things to think about as far as it pertains to lifestyle um, and how you're going to be using the space and health, human and welfare factors of lighting stairs, of um, thinking about how you use your house and accent lighting and lighting, um, you know, niches and built-in material, you know, are highlighting the architectural elements that we put into the design. So it's like, hey, let's add some light strips here. Let's do some LED lighting here. It doesn't all have to come out in decorative lighting. And that's where normally interior designers try to try to think is like, how am I going to put a decorative light fixture in this area? But I've had a recent switch into, hey, what kind of cool light fixture can I put or um, device into the floor to shine up or shine down or highlight Yeah, a, I think to your niche. point, Lisa, light, lighting impacts lifestyle right yeah. it impacts mood it impacts you know is it 100 yeah, 100%, it, yeah and it comes into architectural light. lighting all yeah. lighting doesn't have to be 100 percent on yes. right so just the controls of that yeah. the placement of it what are you enhancing in a space like yeah. the mood that that creates yeah um i think there'll be a shift too outside of just standard um, you know, can lighting everywhere. I think there's kind of like a push because oh, I don't want the, you know, ceiling acne, what you call it or whatever. So it's just mm-hmm. like adding a little bit more thoughtful detail in can lighting or apertures and um, trims and, and more technology in those items. And I think it just comes from staying educated as a designer going to trade shows, talking to professionals about what's out there. And then all of a sudden you get jazzed about, oh, those can lights are just awesome. Yeah, or, <laughs> and light- they don't have to be super expensive. No, and then you've got all the Lutron lighting controls and scenes and yes. all that kind of yeah, stuff. shades. Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of what shades I was going to touch on. It's it's not just the technologies. It's tying all of those technologies together into scenes. So you walk into your master bedroom and you say romance and the shades come down, the fireplace <laughs> pops on, buried white comes on in yeah. the background. Um, you know, it's yeah. all about creating those different scenes and sets within a house yeah. and all of that is possible now and it can all be voice controlled a lot of all of the technologies now are are done wirelessly Mm -hmm. so we want to get those you know talked about early on in the process but if you do forget them there's still an opportunity to add them later now with with a lot of the wireless technologies that are coming up but tying all of that stuff together i think is when it becomes powerful because if you want to do Mm -hmm. the all all those things that i just mentioned one by one Mm-hmm. You're 10 minutes later, you've got the scene that you're looking for rather than walking in the room and snapping your fingers and you've got it. Yeah. yeah. So you that, want that Las Vegas hotel experience right. where you open the yeah. door and the drapes go open. Cosmo yeah. and I, yeah. right? um, I, I think it's to your point, David, it's a security piece too. You know, so if uh, one of the spouses is traveling for work and the other one pulls in, it's dark. Once you hit that Wi Fi, garage door opens, exterior lights pop on kitchen light pops on, you know, yep. there's, there's a different feel of security that comes with that too. But, um, 
yeah, we're very big on technology and how that impacts the home and, and how people it can live in the home and perform and host and holidays and parties are just quiet time, right? So it's mm-hmm. all great. Um, anything else you guys would like to add? Lisa, closing Man. comments? It's been great to just talk to you guys about all of these great things. And yeah, it's fun. Um, I certainly love sharing about what interior design is about and um, just making sure that everybody knows that we're not scary and that everybody can afford us. Um, Actually, you can't afford not to have a designer because um, it's a huge investment. And to help someone, you know, to help guide your investment is what we do at our best. Um, We're not just, you know, telling you about everything that's pretty, but we're educating you on the materials that are right for your home. So just spreading the word is what I'm about and about um, dispelling some myths about interior design. Absolutely. So brick and linen, Stillwater, Wyzetta. That's right. Uh, Just walk in, call you. What's the best way to interact with you? Um, Yeah. So go, I mean, the best way probably is just to go to our website. Where you can, if you're interested in design, we have an, uh, you know, informative email that you can send out to us. Um, I'll just share here, Lisa at BrickLinen.com. You can get a hold of me directly. Um, and if you're working with Custom One, I'm going to be happy to see your face. Hopefully. Yeah, you do a ton of our work, so I greatly appreciate yeah, it. I Thanks appreciate you guys. Lisa. David, how do we get a hold of you? Yeah, uh, probably through my website would be the, the best way to uh, get in contact with me. We've got a full portfolio of our past work on the website, uh, davidcharlesdesigns.com, and that's Charles with a Z. Um, so check out our website. Um, and, you know, just in a final point, what I think is really important about working with a builder like Custom One Homes is the builder isn't necessarily the guy that's out there pounding the nails. You know, that's how what people generally think of as a as a builder. But a builder is really the person that's putting the team together and bringing all the right professionals to the table. And Custom One, I think, does a great job of finding the industry's best professionals in each one of those disciplines, whether that be the electrician to the plumber to the drywall guy to the designers that are involved in the process. Um, I think your team really deserves a lot of Um, Credit for pulling together those people that you've trusted over a a lot of years that um, have done a good job for you in the past. They're proven um, and they all work together. We've all worked Mm -hmm. as a team together for um, going on a long time now. Mm -hmm. And and I think I think there's over 60 years of tenure in the industry between the three of us, for sure. And that's what uh, that's what makes the whole process tick is knowing what to expect from each one of the disciplines that are involved in the process. Mm -hmm. And it's just really fun to work with this team. Yeah. Thanks, David. I'd echo that. You know, Lisa and David, both your firms have uh, done hundreds of projects with us and uh, we love continuing that relationship. And you guys have impacted many people that come through the Mm -hmm. custom one brand in a a very positive way. So keep up the good work. Thanks Thank for you. coming out to Roof to Curb today. Oh, yeah. It's been it's been a joy, <laughs> and uh, we'll talk to you soon.